broads in the lungs. Tested the V in the family. Credit cards in the scams. Hitting the licks in the van. Legacies, family. Wayne C, they like a panda. Going out like a Montana. Honey killers on the hands. Legacies. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is? Fan the Van podcast time. Uh, took a little break Sunday. Um, decided to sleep in, but uh, <laughs> what an interesting week of football. Who would have thought the Bills would have got smoked by the Colts? I mean, the Bills look like <laughs> they look like the Jets out there. I don't think they knew what they were doing. I don't think they had a game plan at all. But, you know... <sighs> I think the Bills are sort uh, starting to sort of come back to life, where everybody thinks that you know that they're this invincible team, and little do you realize that I think the league has figured out Josh Allen. I think they figured out the Bills' offense. I think they figured out the Bills' defense. Um, you know, the the Colts came to play. Listen, everybody, including myself, even Jay, we all mocked this once the Colts trade right. And Carson Wentz right now is looking like the 17 Carson Wentz. I think he has under double-digit interceptions. He's got, like, I think almost 20 touchdowns. You got Jonathan Taylor, which, uh, if, if Jonathan Taylor was drafted by the Steelers, I think he's putting up the same exact numbers he's putting up in Indy right now. Um, but, you know, obviously he went to Indy. And listen, Jonathan Taylor is going to be something special in this league for years to come. I mean, granted, something, you know, catastrophic happening injury wise to him. I think he could be up there with some of the best running backs ever. Maybe a Barry Sanders. Who knows? Uh, But the future is bright for this kid. (laughs) What's not bright right now is the future for friggin Devin Bush. And Devin Bush, to me, when we traded up for him. To get him in the draft. I said, all right. I said, we're going to get our Shazier replacement. And this guy's been anything but. Um, You know, a lot of reports I'm reading is we might as well just clarify him as a bust now. And I hate to say it. He got smoked on that one touchdown by Eckler where he's literally right there. How does he not stop him? Or how does he not jump in front of the pass to intercept it? Um, I read a lot of all the reports where I guess people are just like to write reports and just writing them. You know, you want to play the what if game in the Steeler charge game. What if we had Hayden? What if we had Watt? What if we had Minka? Well, if we lived in a world of what ifs, then yeah, the Steelers win that game. But if you're telling me that you were happy with that defensive performance, you know, Highsmith gets the two sacks. And listen, Alex Highsmith's coming into his own. But, you know, being down TJ, being down, you know, Hayden and being down Minka, huge hits for this, you know, for this defensive line. And you can't expect just one kid in Highsmith in his second year to to take the reins like he's TJ Watt. It's not going to happen like that. Um, You know, you got, you know, on the offensive line, Dotson was out. You, you know, you're out Juju for the year. Um. I even heard people say they should have just started Rudolph in this game. If we started Rudolph in this game, let me tell you what would have happened. Nothing. The end result's the same, except for the fact that Rudolph was not nearly going to put in the effort that Ben put in to, you know, to, to almost win this game. Um, you could tell that the defense was tired out. You got Cam Hayward out there. And listen, it looks worse than what it is. I finally got a chance to watch the video of it, 
and it looked like he went to go sucker punch him. This is why it's not going to be a suspension. This is why it's only going to be a fine. He came out and he admitted that, yeah, it looks worse than what it is, but it wasn't its intention. I guess he was trying to get the ball out, whatever. Listen, I don't care. You haters are going to sit there and clamor for a suspension on him. You know, if you're going to do that, then there's a lot of other people that you can, you know, say should be suspended for the same acts. Um, You know, there's a lot of missed helmet-to-helmet calls in this game. I've seen the one where Najee took the elbow to the helmet. Um, I don't know how you don't call that there. You call these ticky-tack pass interference calls. Then the ones that should be called, you're not calling. Um, You know, listen, the officials got to get this right. You either call it down the middle or just be consistent with the fucking call. It's just as simple as that. Just be consistent with the calls. I mean, if if you're going to call pass interference and it's going to be a ticky-tack one, then... Just call them all then. And then the game, instead of being three hours, could be seven hours because four of the hours of the game are just going to be you jerk-offs throwing flags. I mean, you know, I I really can't stand NFL officiating. I think we all know how much me and Jay think of NFL officiating. Um, It's literally like after a night of drinking and you get bud mud. That is what NFL officiating is. It is the most sloppiest shit you've ever taken. Um, You know, you have some crews that, hey, fuck it, let them play. And I'm all for that. Listen, if, you know, if you're going to let them hand check down the field and really battle it out like this is the 70s style of football, I'm for it. Don't sit there and call a little ticky-tack one because, you know, as he turned, his pinky, like, touched his jersey and you want to throw a flag because you're flag happy. You know... I don't know who tells them when to throw a flag, but there's some of them where, and listen, and it's across the league, and I'm glad these announcers are finally seeing it and speaking of it, where they're like, how do you call that there? That's a bad call. That's this. That's that. You know, you know, how do you, you know, like, how do you throw a flag for that? But then not throw a flag for something else where somebody takes a brutal elbow to the helmet. You know, and a lot of people like, how did Najee survive that one? Listen, Najee's a tough kid. Najee will be back. He's not going to be... He's not going to miss any time. Don't worry about it. Um, but, you know, a lot of other interesting games. Minnesota, Green Bay. Um, another quarterback that a lot of us have bashed. And he and Kirk Cousins has got like 20-plus touchdowns and like two interceptions for the whole year. But, listen, Minnesota isn't going anywhere. You know, you could take this one game against Green Bay and, you know, call it a fluke, call it a crapshoot, call it luck of the draw, call it what you want. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers can come out and say, well, I'm battling something worse than turf toe. And, you know, listen, I don't care. Green Bay should have won that game. Um, I don't get how you let Minnesota drive down the field and kick a game-winning field goal. Um, but Minnesota had the right formula, you know, in the end. You want to win? Not only did you get down the field, you left no time for Aaron Rodgers to come. Even if you left Aaron Rodgers a fifth of a second to get a playoff, he probably would bomb it down the field to Adams. He'd catch it and smoke the whole Viking secondary and in for six. Um, you know, you had the Bear-Raven game. Obviously, you know, the Ravens were out without uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't know. Maybe he had his period. I don't know. I really don't care. They just barely escape Chicago. 
and, you know, Justin Fields gets hurt in this game, and Andy Dalton comes in. Andy Dalton looks like the Andy Dalton of old for half the game. Um, But they got a serious problem there in Chicago, and Matt Nagy's the problem. And it's to a point where the locker room does not want Matt Nagy. So what does the GM do here? Does the GM do something the Bears have never done? And in midseason or three quarters of the season, decide, hey, you know what, Nagy, you're gone? And just give the reins to the assistant coach? Because if you want to keep some sort of, you know, team unity there, <laughs> you got a decision to make. And, you know, in the offseason, listen, the Bears ain't going nowhere this year. But in the offseason, you got a lot of questions to answer. You know, do you make Justin Fields the starter? Let Dalton walk. You know, keep Foles as the backup. You know, how do you address the draft? You know, same thing in Jacksonville. They don't like the development of Trevor Lawrence. And I said this when they drafted Trevor Lawrence. I said this when they signed Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is not an NFL coach. And I was talking about it with a buddy of mine from work yesterday. There's some coaches who can jump ship from the NCAA over to the NFL and acclimate to it and be successful. Pete Carroll is one of them. Okay. Um, Urban Meyer will not be. And you could sit there and you could tell me, well, you know, it's Jacksonville. Well, there were other job openings, too, that Urban Meyer could have took. And he took Jacksonville. Urban Meyer easily could have got the Jets job if he really wanted it. You know, Urban Meyer could have went to Denver if they were going to get rid of Vic Fangio. You know, he could have went to a lot of different places that had openings, you know. But you went to Jacksonville where literally what do you have there? You have James Robinson and... Josh Allen on the defensive side, unless you really got nothing there. And, yeah, you had the number one pick, and you get the shiniest toy in the draft, and you expect him to just come in and just be Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. It's a different system for him now. And, listen, I'm not making excuses for Trevor Lawrence because you're the number one pick, and there was already a lot of pressure on you coming into this league that it makes you, again, think on one side of it, should he have stayed in college one more year and avoided Jacksonville? Only for him to be drafted inevitably by the Lions, who are going to go 0 16 and one. I don't think I don't think Detroit wins a game this year. Or if he stayed another year and then took a substantially crucial hit in one game, does that end all his chances of the big payday in the NFL? If I was Trevor Lawrence, you made the right choice to get the payday. You just got drafted by the world's shittiest team. And this is why I don't like the NFL draft. This is why I don't like this system. Because it's it gives you a, it pretty much gives you leverage to tank to get the best player in college to come in. And then that's what you're going to build around. And they really need to go to the NBA system where you take, you know, the teams with the worst records and they go into a lottery. And everyone with the shittiest records has got a fair shake at this to get the number one pick. Um, you know, cause the, cause the NBA got it right as far as that. And speaking of the NBA, if you didn't think I was going to address it, I'm addressing it. Everybody who's listened to me and Jay do a podcast, or even when I was doing this by myself and I've talked Jordan LeBron. So the Lakers are playing Detroit free throw shot. LeBron throws what a lot of people are claiming to be a dirty hit on Isaiah Stewart. 
And everybody wants to label this the malice in the palace too. <laughs> Listen, there was no malice in the palace too. Okay, you think because everybody was holding him back, you had fake tough guy Anthony Davis in there. And, you know, Westbrook trying to act like he's from Crenshaw, whatever the fuck. All right, listen. Do I think LeBron did it purposely? No. Because if he had done it purposely, why would he try to apologize? Why would he try to get the guy's phone number to, you know, to kind of, whatever. I don't blame Isaiah Stewart for getting mad, but you got to keep a certain level of professionalism on the court. We all seen what happened years ago when a fan decided to throw something at Ron Artest, Meta World Peace, whatever you want to call him, the man of a thousand names. I don't give a shit. Okay. We all seen what happened there. And this had the makings to become that had people not interjected themselves the way they did. And I don't need the guy on the PA in the background saying fans sit in your seat, stay, you know, stay in your seat. Because if you're a fan, you should already know just to stay. Why are you going to run out there and get laid out by one of these NBA players or even an NBA official? I mean, you seen it last night. If you're a wrestling fan, some jerk off decides to jump the barricade and go after Seth Rollins last night to get his ass whipped. I mean, how dumb are you? You, you literally have to be the biggest moron to spend, let's say, three, four hundred dollars on a ticket to go to any event. And you jump the barricade and you either run around on the football field or, you know, you start running around the outfield at Yankee Stadium or City Field, you know, or you jump a barricade at a wrestling event to go after a professional wrestler because you don't think they can defend themselves. Well, a lot of them can. A lot of them can. It reminds me of an incident. I think it occurred at the Garden as well, where it was Triple H versus Stone Cold in a, in a live event. Fan came in, went after Stone Cold, and Triple H beat the fucking piss out of this guy. Started stomping his fat head in and, and all sorts of shit. Um, if you've never seen the video, it's, it's all over YouTube, so you might as well go check it out. But, you know, obviously we had the interesting week in the NFL. But the Yankees have made some interesting decisions as far as Clint Frazier... Which, hey, listen, designate him for assignment, right for me. You know what? About time. About time. The one I didn't like and the one I question is, obviously, I'll do the question one first, is Odor. Odor's a good bat off the, off the bench. He could play second. He's mediocre at third. If you had to use him at short, you could. He would be a viable utility guy for the Yankees. But to designate him for assignment made no sense to me. I, I questioned that one. But the one that really annoyed me is the guy who was really never given a chance to start or prove his worth to the Yankees. But somebody who, coming off the bench, either got a critical walk, single, stole a, stole a critical base at the right time, whatever it was, is Tyler Wade. And now you lost him to the Angels for a player to be named later or cash considerations. I would have kept Tyler Wade. A lot of people tell me I'm, I'm, I'm crazy for it. I would keep Tyler Wade. I think Tyler Wade, to me, he's, a, he's an all-around utility guy. Listen, does he have a flashy bat? No. Does he, you know, does he hit for power? No, but he plays small ball and he plays with that grit, which is something you want. You know, and I don't understand how you let somebody like him walk away. And... You know, I can't, I, I, I don't know what, what direction the Yankees are going to go here. You know, because 
you know, they talk about how they're not going to be afraid to spend in free agency, but they're not going to get a top-tier shortstop. Now, am I saying the Yankees need a top-tier player at every position? No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that if you have a guy like Trevor Story out there and Corey Seager's out there, and those are better viable options than bringing up friggin' Joe Blow from Podunk, then that's the route I'm going. Listen, Brian Cashman, Hal Stein, Brian, I have to understand this. This Yankee fan base has not been happy in some time, okay? They have not been happy since 09, okay? And we all know 09, Matsui, the, the you know World Series MVP, you know, Yankees win the World Series, we beat the Phillies, and ever since then, it's just been up and down, up and down, up and down, disappointment after disappointment after disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, throw a scandal or two in there, you know, whatever it is, all right? But at the end of the day, with Cashman, Hal Steinbrenner, and the whole Yankee organization need to realize this fan base is tired of hope and no return. And you're probably sitting there, well, what do you mean by that? Okay, well, what I'm saying is, is that we hope for a World Series, we don't get one in return. We hope for an AL East championship, we don't get one in return. All we get is, we made our bed, we have to lie in it. And those press conferences this year, Aaron Boone, are not are, are not going to be liked again. You know, you could sit there and talk about, you know, we got to, you know, we got to gel. We got to this. We got to that. Listen, we've been hearing it for the longest time now. How long does it take? You know, when do the excuses end and the accountability begin? And this is the year the accountability needs to take place. The Yankees start the season off, let's say, you know, after... After, let's say, a 15-game stretch and we're like five games under 500, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm questioning the decision to keep Aaron Boone. I'm questioning the moves you made, especially if you don't make any. Because if you mean to tell me, as a Yankee fan, you're going to be happy with, with Stanton in the outfield. Listen, you could play Stanton here and there in the outfield, but you also can't have him clog up the DH position, which is why... As, as much as he improved last season, if you can move him in the contract and bring pieces in that aren't going to clog up the DH spot, I'm all for it. There are people that there are people who have told me I'm crazy for wanting to trade Stanton. Well, if you're happy with 0 for 5 and the golden sombrero or strikeouts, what are you watching? What are you really watching then? And see, for me... Seager or Trevor Story would be perfect at shortstop. I would go and I would put Judge in center field. I would go and sign a Michael Conforto to like a three, four year, $80 million deal. I'm not giving him more than a hundred. I'm not giving him more than that. Okay. Um, you know, I would go out and get Starling Marte from, from Oakland, you know, go and re-sign Rizzo. I don't really need Matt Olson when I have Rizzo who wants to stay here. You know, I would try to move Luke Voigt and get some bullpen help. You know, you got to look at the free agent pitching out there. Listen, the Reds are looking to trade Luis Castillo. Go see what it's going to take to get him. You know, you got to make these moves and show this fan base you're built. You're building to win now like you've been since 09. And you could say in 18, yeah, it was our year. And, you know, and then the Astro scandal happened. But you know what? You have to you, you have to put that to bed. 
You can't use that excuse anymore. You know, it, it, you know, it's the same thing in any other sport. You know, you want to blame certain aspects of it for the outcome, but you gotta, but you have to, you know, adapt and overcome to it. So if you knew that the Astros knew what was coming, then you should have changed up the pitch, Chapman, and not thrown the same pitch that they already knew was coming for Altuve to hit the game-winning home run, and then you have that cheat, that fucking shit-eating grin on your face after it. Because that's the thing that that resonates in all our minds of a season where we should have won it all, and that's how our season ends, and that's what we have to look at on national TV is Chapman smiling. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I just can't. And, you know, again, the, the Yankees, they got to answer a lot of questions. So let's see how they answer them. Let's see how they go about it. Um. But I got to talk about this as well. So the Islanders opened up the the UBS Arena, whatever it's called, in Elmont. And for somebody who grew up in Nassau County for most of his life, Elmont is the worst damn place to put an arena. Okay, there is no parking. There is nothing. You wonder why the, the, the you wonder why the people at Elmont are complaining because you're going to have everybody taking up all the parking on the side streets because there's no parking at the arena. There's limited parking. You know, um, and obviously for those who don't know, it's by the Belmont Racetrack. And the owner of the Belmont Racetrack was a fool because he gave up the backyard section to the Islanders for nothing. Um, You know, they're talking about, from what I read, they're also trying to maybe put a casino over there. Where? I don't know. Um... And every time somebody wants to talk about it, I just go, well, you could blame the ritzy fucks in Garden City for saying no to the Lighthouse Project because the Lighthouse Project, for those who don't know, in Uniondale, where the where the Coliseum is and the Marriott, okay? It's all enclosed by fences. And people are complaining about the traffic. Well, if you've ever driven on Hempstead Turnpike, there's traffic regardless. But all the construction stuff is behind a fence. And all it really came down to was they wanted to make up all these BS excuses. But the one thing it really came down to was that the Lighthouse Project would have raised property tax by $45 a year was the breakdown of it when this was all proposed. Okay? From a couple of reports that I read. You know, it might have been a little less. It could have been a little more. But the people of Garden City didn't want to pay it. But the blue-collar people, you know, like my uncle and, you know, other people that live in the East Meadow, Levittown, Belmore, Seaford, Massapequa, Oyster Bay area, they were all for it. They were all for the Lighthouse Project. And the Lighthouse Project would have had another little strip mall in it. It would have housed a, it would have housed a minor league team like the Long Island Ducks by the, by the uh, Central Islip Courthouse, Okay. And I was at that Ducks game when Ed Mangano, the fucking douchebag, was there and he was talking about how they're going to have this Nassau County version of the Long Island Ducks. And thanks to the Richie Pricks in Garden City, it never came about. And now you have this, and don't get me wrong, it is one of the nicest arenas I've ever seen. Um, But... The location of it just made no sense, especially in Uniondale when you already had a coliseum there that all you had to do was renovate it a bit more. You could have made it more to today's standards. Um, And even though I'm a Ranger fan, listen, Elmont may be where the Islanders are now, 
But that will never be the real home of the New York Islanders. The real home of the New York Islanders is in Uniondale by Nassau Community College. Okay? That's where it is. That's where it is. It's at the the, the Nassau Coliseum, the Westbury Theater, whatever the fuck they're calling it now. Okay? That's where it is. And that's where it'll always be. You know, you know, I don't, when, when they developed this arena, they had to account for parking. And I don't think they did that. You know, like there's parking, but there's not nearly enough for how many seats you have there to how many people are going to drive there. And yeah, okay, so you have another line, you know, you know, on the Long Island Railroad that comes there. That's all well and good, but there's a lot of people that, you know, that live in Uniondale that they're not going to pay for a train ticket to go there when they can just drive there and it's a 20-minute trip for them. You know, people that live in New Hyde Park that are Islander fans, they're not going to take the train to go there when Elmont is right down the road. You know, people that live in in Mineola, it's the same thing. So I don't know what they're going to do to accommodate all this parking, but they got to figure out something or you're going to have the, the, you know, you're going to have the people at Elmont get more and more pissed off and you may start seeing cars getting vandalized for it. Who knows? You know, you can sit there and say I'm out of my mind for thinking it, but hey, I've seen weirder shit. Um, you know, and obviously we got Thanksgiving coming up. Um, and Thanksgiving, I, I kind of get to spend by myself this year. You know, as my daughter and a mom, they went to Michigan to see my stepdaughter. So um, I probably will do a Thanksgiving um, one. Uh, I also want to do one. I got to figure out how to do this. I'm going to have my buddy Rob on. And, uh, you know, because some people say there's no way somebody can really dump on their fan base as much as this guy does. Um, Yeah, he does. Um, He's not the only Jet fan to do it. Um, I'm sure those who question him dumping on the Jets, I'm sure you're doing the same thing. You know, he pretty much every Sunday, he pretty much will message me and tell me I can't watch this. This is putrid. Um, You know, all this Joe Douglas talks about how they were going to change the culture. Sal is the answer. Zach Wilson's the next coming of friggin' Johnny Unitas. Listen, I don't know what the issue is in Jetland. Okay, I, I really don't. I don't know because you have decent weapons there on both sides of the ball that I've seen. I mean, if Denzel Mims could actually be on the field with Elijah Moore. With a viable quarterback, listen, and again, and you know, and I and I told everybody this. In preseason is a different animal from the regular season. In preseason, it, it's a slowed down tempo. You know, it's like if you listen to rap music from Houston. You know, you have the tra- chopped and screwed version. That's what the preseason is. It's the chopped and screwed version to what the regular season is going to be. And you have to realize that in a real game situation. How are these rookies going to adapt and overcome? Like, take Mac Jones. Take Mac Jones, a prime example. The, the, the Patriots started off, what, like one in three, whatever it was, one in four. And then he's right. And then they've won six straight, five, six straight games. And now, because Buffalo has decided to do what Buffalo does best, and that's crumble. And again, even though Pittsburgh ain't having that great of a season, but still. 
They couldn't beat the Steelers. They couldn't beat the Steelers, who everybody gave no chance to. And now you got New England in first place again. And is it Belichick? Is it the system? Or is it just they've gelled at the right time and Mac Jones adapted and overcame at the right time? And if you look in Jacksonville and if you look in San Francisco, obviously Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance, look at the Jets with Zach Wilson. If you're the Jets, do you think maybe, wow, I should have maybe went and got Mac Jones? Considering the fact that he's an Alabama product and that's all Nick Saban does is he produces NFL-ready players? So I think that's where the Jets got it wrong. I think you need to, you know, listen, I get that Zach Wilson was younger. He had one great year at BYU. He came off the injury the year before that. And before that, he had a decent year. But Mac Jones is something Zach Wilson isn't. And that's consistent. Okay, you know, you look at past drafts and a lot of people saying, should Cleveland have drafted Lamar over Baker? (sighs) Again, I watched Lamar play at Louisville and I already knew his style of play coming into the league. And I think that's something Cleveland wanted to stay away from. And do I think that Baker's the answer in Cleveland? Absolutely fucking not. Okay, Baker is not the answer because Baker had Odell, Landry, Najoku, Hooper, Hunt, Chubb, and couldn't get any of them to gel. Stefanski is not the answer as the coach. The, the, the owners are not the answers of who owns this team. Um, you could sit there and say, I'm saying this because I'm a Steeler fan. No, I'm saying this because it's what I see every Sunday or Monday or Thursday when the Cleveland Browns play. If you look in Cincinnati, Burrow's the answer there with Chase and Higgins and Mixon, but Zach Taylor's not the coach to get that team over the top. See, now, would Urban Meyer thrive in Cincinnati? Yes. That's where he would with a built team ready to win now. Even if Urban Meyer got to the playoffs every year in Cincinnati, let's say at the end of the year, they decided to do away with Urban Meyer. And for whatever reason, the Bengals decided to do away with Zach Taylor. Okay. In the world of hypotheticals. Okay. Urban Meyer would thrive with Burrow as his quarterback. You would think in Jacksonville, they would have went and made more moves knowing that you're getting the most coveted quarterback in the draft. Getting Marvin Lewis Jr. is not getting you a weapon. That's just a, a subpar wide receiver at best. That's just another option for him to, to throw to. You didn't go and get another big name for him. You didn't make really any decent moves. And you expect you expect Trevor Lawrence to develop? That also falls on the coaching staff of not preparing him. So yes, that falls on Urban Meyer. Okay? And, you know, and, and for those who say... That Urban Meyer is going to be a successful NFL coach. He's not going to be in Jacksonville. He's not going to be. Look at guys like Nick Saban. You know, I said it earlier. There are ones that have came in and been successful in both collegiate and professional football. Okay. Pete Carroll's one of them. Nick Saban will go down as a Hall of Fame collegiate head coach, but never an NFL head coach because he was abysmal in the NFL the same way Steve Spurrier was. Okay. Um... 
you know, it's just, again, like NCAA is just a different animal from the NFL. And you could sit there and tell me, how's that so? Well, it just is. You know, I don't know what else to tell you on that. Other than that's just what it is. Um, you know, um, another, another, um, you know, and it's the same thing, you know, with coaches going from the collegiate level to the NFL level is the same as a collegiate player going to the NFL. You know, there's ones that are going to be successful. There's ones that are going to be subpar. There's ones that are just going to be what they're going to be. And there's ones that are just going to ruin their, their, their careers, like a Ryan Leaf, a Henry Ruggs now. You know, Henry Ruggs is in a world of trouble. You know, he gets to stay on house arrest after missing one of his alcohol tests. You know, if, if I was the judge, no. You were mandated to take an alcohol test. You missed it. You're going back to jail. That's it. But this is the way the legal system is. You got money. You can do what the hell you want. Um, you know, it's a broken, flawed system. But, I, you know, we, we don't get into that here. So, um, you know, and when you look at a team like like put, like putting the Raiders in Vegas, obviously it generates revenue for the state of Nevada. Not like it doesn't make enough anyway with every freaking casino and hooker there. Um, but to these young kids being in Vegas... <sighs> You're kind of you you are kind of asking for trouble at that point, and you know listen you make your decisions you live with them, and I've seen the video of one car passing by and then rugs and it's like film. What did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen? And and that's the issue with these young kids coming out is they see the big money contract they got to go out and buy the big shiny toy they got to go out and buy the six houses they got to go out and buy this they got to go out and get that. You know, and then you got the ones that come out and they're smart with their money. You know, they invest it. They do this. They do that. So, again, it's the mentality of the person. The same way as a coach is the same way as a player from jumping ship from the NCAA to the NFL, whether it's in football, baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever it is. And, you know, and, and in Henry Ruggs' situation... You know, it's a shame because the kid had all the talent in the world and in one night you made the biggest mistake of your life and it cost somebody their life, which trumps your career. You know, for those that are going to sit there and you were going to think that I was going to say that, you know, you know, that Henry Ruggs deserves to be back in the NFL. No, he fucking doesn't. No, he doesn't. You know where you know what he deserves to rot in prison the rest of his life, and that's what and, and that's what you would say about any person who goes out and does one hundred and fifty something miles an hour, drunk off their ass with a loaded weapon in the car, and kills somebody. Even if they didn't have a loaded weapon in the car, even if they weren't going one hundred and fifty six miles an hour, regardless of the situation or who the person is, you would be thinking the same thing. They, they deserve to rot in jail the rest of their lives with no freedom. And right now, he has freedom under house arrest. I mean, yeah, he can't go nowhere, but. He could sit in his house and he could do X, Y, and Z. He can't drink, you know, and maybe he shouldn't. And maybe a lot of us shouldn't be drinking anymore. But, you know, maybe he has demons we don't know about. You know, we all have demons. We all have something. And, you know, like we don't know the mental state of Henry Ruggs before that night. And we may never know. I mean, look at a guy like Aaron Hernandez. We didn't know when he was one of the top tight ends in the NFL that he was a murderous thug. We didn't know this. Yeah, there were the rumors when he was in Florida, but 
you know, did we want to believe him? No, not until that night. And, you know, when, you know, it's just, you know, in the situation of Henry Ruggs, you know, a lot of people are surprised that I didn't make a joke of it because there's nowhere to make a joke of it. There really isn't any. And at the end of the day, Henry Ruggs has got to live with the regret. He's got to live with the fact that he took somebody's life, even though he didn't plan to do it, it happened. And, you know, that's that. But to get back to the NFL side of it, minus all the the drama and everything like that, the Thanksgiving games... Can we get something more interesting? Can we get sexier matchups? I don't need to see Lions Bears, okay? I Cowboys Raiders. I think it is is another one. That one's got appeal to it because for the Raiders it has playoff implications. I'll take that. Um, I forget what the what the night game is, but actually I could check right now. See, this is the part I love about doing. Um, this is the part where I love doing these. At, well, before I got to work. Um, so as I take a look here, I got to see here, da, 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 da. of course, cause it's blocks. My job likes to block everything. I know the bills are playing, so that's good at least cause we could watch them tank again, but yeah, I think you got, yeah, you got lines, bears, Cowboys, Raiders, and I forget who the bills are playing. It's really not showing me, but, um, you know, listen, they got a little more creative with the schedule this year. We didn't get the bland Steelers open up against the Browns and the Giants open up against the Cowboys and and this, that, and the third. And speaking of that, Giants-Buccaneers last night. So I decided to watch it with Eli and Peyton talking. And I could take it or leave it, you know, as far as, you know, Listen, I don't mind them having, you know, having the guests helps out, but there's times where they just look like they got nothing to say, and it's like, um, you guys going to say something or what here? Um, but Peyton Manning, though, let me tell you, there's a reason why he's a Hall of Famer. There's a reason why he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And, you know, you can't knock, you can't knock Eli's knowledge of football either. Um, I mean, granted, even though he had a, a you know, a break-even win-loss record for his career, but you can't take away his accomplishments either. And I got asked the other day again, you know, when when it's Eli's time to go into the Hall of Fame, does he get in first ballot? And I was like, yeah. And I said, but it's not because his last name's Manning. He's got two Super Bowls. He's got a lot of the accolades to go with it. And that's what's going to get him in. You know, and it's going to be the same thing with Ben. He's got two Super Bowls. He's got the accolades to go with it. You know, and it's going to be the same with, with future quarterbacks. If... If Baker Mayfield could win two Super Bowls and do what Ben's done and what Eli's done, Baker gets in. If Lamar can do it, Lamar gets in. Burrow is already, Burrow to me, even though it's his second year, if he continues playing the way he's playing, he's a no-doubter going into the Hall of Fame. You know, and speaking of Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot came out. and You got A-Rod and, you got A-Rod and David Ortiz on it. This is the last year for Bonds and Schilling and Clemens. Um, you got a couple of new guys on there, like A.J. Pazinski. Listen, there's some guys, like Bobby Abreu, I think, is on there. And 
Andrew Jones is on there. I think this is the year you see one or two or maybe all the steroid guys get in. I think you have to see it. But, again, if you're going to put the steroid guys in, I'm not against putting an asterisk next to it or do it based off their numbers before they were accused or before it was proven. Just do it before that. And I'm all for it. You know, just do it before that. You know, like Barry Bonds was already on his way to a Hall of Fame career in Pittsburgh. You know, the same way Clemens was in Toronto. And even when he went to Boston. Well, from Boston to Toronto, I should say. Um, you know, a guy like, you know, David Ortiz. Do I think he's a Hall of Famer? I mean, you want to take the World Series into account. You know, you want to take some of his accolades. Do I think he gets in? I think he gets in. I think a lot of people are going to vote him in because he was shot. I think you you can't take away the talent the man had. I'm not voting him in because if I had a vote, I'm not voting him in because he got shot in the Dominican Republic. I'm putting him in mainly because of what he did on the field and what he did, what he did at the plate. Whether he cheated the game or not, I think some of these guys need to get in. And it's the same thing. And can we finally just friggin' do this already? Just put Pete Rose in the motherfucking Hall of Fame. Okay? Because this is what MLB is going to do. And we've said it before and I'm saying it again. Do not put the man in when he's dead. Let the man enjoy it now. Put the man in the Hall of Fame. Okay, did he cheat the game? Yeah, but guess what? He didn't cheat it the way A-Rod cheated it, the way Manny Ramirez cheated it, the way McGuire cheated it, Sosa, you know, and and many others. He didn't use performance-enhancing drugs to make his style of play better. All he did was gamble. That's all he did. And the one, and being the all-time hits leader should put him in based on that. He should be put in as a player, and he's been punished long enough. I'm sorry, he has. We, we, you could debate this with me till you're blue in the face, and I'm sorry. He's been punished long enough. But put Pete Rose in with this class. Even if you put Pete Rose in by himself and say, Bond, you're not getting in. Clemens, you're not getting in. This is the end. Nobody's voting you in. And even though... There are years where Barry Bonds' vote percentage goes up just a bit higher. Proves to me that some of these writers are starting to see it the way some of us are seeing it. Where it's like, well, you know, maybe if we just take the Pittsburgh numbers. Maybe if we just take Bonds, uh, Clemens' Boston numbers and part of his Toronto numbers before he got to the Yankees. You know, with A-Rod. You know, do we just take the Mariner numbers with the with the you know with some of the Ranger numbers before he got to the Yankees? And if guys like Rodriguez get in, and Clemens gets in, Clemens to me goes in as a Red Sox. As much as I hate the goddamn Boston Red Sox, Rodriguez his better his his come up was with the Mariners, and I think he needs to go in with the Mariners. If Bonds goes in, that one's kind of tough because he had great years in Pittsburgh and he had great years in San Francisco that it's almost, does he go in, you know, are they allowed to do it with dual jerseys and helmets? I I don't know, but to me, I think he goes in as a pirate. I think that's where you have to put him in. Because if you're going to put him in with an asterisk, or you're going to put him in with the numbers based on before the accusations, then you can't put him on the team he was accused of cheating with, that you have to put him with the pirates. And then you have to put 
you know, you'd have to put A-Rod in with the Mariners. And you'd have to put Clemens in with the Red Sox. You know, not everybody could go in as a Yankee. You know, Andy Pettit's on the on the ballot. And to me, I'm sorry. If you're, you know, I've seen some of the guys that they've put into the Hall of Fame. How do you not put Andy Pettit in? Listen, I know Andy Pettit didn't have 300 wins. He didn't have, you know, all, you know. And I think part of that was him. I think a part of the part that hurts him is when he left the Yankees to go to Houston. I think a part of that hurts him. I think that hurts his chances. But if I'm a sports writer, I'm voting a guy in. Listen, yeah, he was tied in with the HGH. But he openly admitted that he didn't use it to enhance his performance. He used it to heal faster to come back and help his team. Why should he be punished for something our bodies create every day? He just used it to heal faster. It's not like he used it to go out there and throw, you know, 500 miles an hour and strike the world out. He came back to help the Yankees win. And you could sit there and say, you're only defending it because it was with the Yankees. No, I'd be saying it too if he was on Houston or if he was on the Blue Jays or if he was on the friggin' Mets. I'd be saying the same thing. But need I digress from all that? We'll find out in, in the weeks to come who gets in, who doesn't get in, who's never getting in. Um, You know, there are names on there like a Todd Helton. I know they're eligible, so they have to be on the list. Do they get in? No, a guy like Todd Helton's not getting in. I don't think A.J. Pruszynski ever gets in. And if he gets in, it's because they, they can't think of anybody else to put in. Um, You know, does an Andrew Jones get in? I think an Andrew Jones should get in. So, but we could discuss that more on Thursday because I'm going to print up the list. And we could go over the names more. Um, I'll do my Thanksgiving picks. I got to try to get in touch with Jay for his. Um... So till the next podcast, for those who have listened, those who continue to listen, watch the videos videos on YouTube, very much appreciated. So till then, stay safe, mask up, and as always, peace.